0: It's the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up? What's up? What's up? We're back in the lab, back at it. Another Minnesota Twins postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's Sam Ekstrom. Go follow him on X at Sam Ekstrom. And Sam. Before we jump into the Twins 2-1 to one defeat in Game 3 versus the Ace, I got a quick reminder. This post-gast episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat over 50 types of infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S. Team. Oh, did
1: I yeah, I think we got, got Luke me, back. Sam? Yep, had a moment there. There okay. he is. Jace Medical. There we go. Jace okay, Medical.com.
0: Jace Medical. Chase Medical.com. All right, Sam, let's jump right into it. Twins coming into game three, looking for the sweep, looking to stay red hot after a 16 and 8 record in September thus far, Sam. That matches their most wins in a month since they went 16 and 12 all the way back in April. A uh, quick little recap from today. They tie it back up one apiece in the sixth. They load the bases in the seventh, two outs. Solano goes down swinging there. Kent to Maeda, who came in as that kind of long reliever today. He gives up a solo shot in the eighth inning to go down two to one. Bottom eight. Walner doubles, two outs. Larnett grounds out to first. He ends the inning. Twins left nine runners on base in this one. End up losing game three by a score of two to one. Win the series, though, after taking the first two, of course. Um, I want to get into some Sonny Gray fun facts after the season he just put up with his final appearance today. So hold those thoughts. But real quick here first, just your quick reaction, the quick recap Mm -hmm. from the Twins' performance today. I don't know. Any news, notes, takeaways you'd like to share top of your head?
1: Yeah, certainly not going to sweat the result here, even though it is the Athletics. You'd like to win all three, but the Twins stung the ball, man. I mean, Kirillov had a couple absolute bullets that he hit. Walner had one that, you know, again, the double play that drove in their lone run. He hit, I think Morno said, like 110 miles an hour right at the second baseman, got doubled up. That could have easily found grass in the outfield. Then he scores two, and the Twins you know, probably win the game. They had a lot of hard-hit balls. There's some great catches in the outfield by the Athletics. So just one of those days where you didn't get a lot of uh, BABIP luck, as I like to say, Mm -hmm. and you lose the game 2-1. to Pitching was good. Offense just wasn't timely. Hopefully you reserve some of that timely hitting for the playoff series next week. But uh, you would have liked to send the home fans off on a good note, but hey, they'll be back on Tuesday making a lot more noise.
0: Yeah, and then Sonny Gray, he goes just four innings, three hits, one earned, one walk, four Ks. Um, This all part of the plan then all along, Mm kind of rest the arm, or was it more so they wanted to get some more looks at Kentamaeda in this long reliever role, maybe a little bit of both? What do you think there?
1: Yeah, I think that this series in large measure was treated as an audition for a lot of these arms. We saw Paddock, we saw Stewart, we saw Varlin today, we saw Keichel yesterday, and we saw Maeda in a four-inning bullpen role today. I think that was really predetermined, Luke. I think that was scripted out. They wanted Maeda coming out of the bullpen. They're also trying to preserve a lot of those arms in the bullpen, and putting Maeda there is a great way to do it. You don't put any stress on Theobar, Jack Duran, and now they go to Colorado. And, and I think they'll have another very scripted game plan in these Rockies games. And I think Saturday is like a complete bullpen day they've already designated. So we're not going to see long starts at all from any of these starting pitchers going forward. Today for Sonny Gray, uh keeping him, you know, fresh, but they're not going to overwork him. And I thought he was, again... His sharp self, he's been a model of consistency. One of the best ERAs in baseball, about 2.8 this year.
0: Nasty. Just nasty. Yeah, for sure. So a quick little tune-up game for him one last time. He makes his final appearance, as you mentioned. That means, again, to close out the final three games now, you'll get Joe Ryan tomorrow. Start game one versus the Rockies on the road in Colorado. Then game two you kind of touched on it, maybe still to be determined, right? Like maybe a bullpen kind of thing going on there potentially. And -hmm. then they'll wrap up game 163 with Bailey Ober. So if you just soak all that information up and then you think about the potential playoff picture now, Pablo and Sonny games, one and two, we know that. And then rest wise, that should put Joe Ryan on schedule for game three if needed. And then you got Ober's rest schedule that, could align for game one of the ALDS, which, I mean, man, that would be interesting, of course, if the Twins get there. Just your quick thoughts on how that could all shake out, if you think that's close to maybe set in stone now at this point, or if you think there could be a little shakeup at some point in the mix. If so, if there is a shakeup, who's out? Who's potentially in?
1: Yeah, Ober in game one of the ALDS is interesting because Pablo would go on Tuesday, so... To ask Pablo to go in game one, he'd be one day short on rest, and maybe you'd rather have the fresher Ober. I guess it depends a little bit on how deep Pablo goes into game one. How many pitches does he throw, and would they be comfortable putting him out there on Saturday? Again, Luke, I don't know that Bailey Ober makes the Wild Card series roster. I just don't know if they have a spot for him. Um, They've got their converted starters in the bullpen with Maeda, Paddock potentially. Um, you know, is in that mix. I don't think he makes the roster either, but I think Ober is probably an ALDS guy. I think he's on the sidelines in the, a- uh, the wildcard series because they just don't really have a role for him. And that's okay. Uh, he could serve very nicely if not a game one starter in the ALDS. Maybe he's a game four starter uh, in the ALDS if they need a fourth starter in that series.
0: Yeah, by the way, I know you ripped off some great Sonny Gray stats. I got a couple more here I poached from Twitter Oh, I've got earlier. a
1: great one, too.
0: I, uh, uh, okay. I want to okay. hear yours. Yours is probably better than mine, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw some softballs out here first. But final line for Sonny Gray's 2023 regular season, 190 innings pitched, most by Grace since 2015, 156 hits. You mentioned that nasty ERA. He gave up just 58 earned runs, 55 walks to 183 Ks ratio. Second best among qualified AL pitchers. Here's another fun one. Qualified MLB pitchers to have both a sub three ERA and a Mm -hmm. sub three FIP during the 23 regular season. Sunny gray. And that's it. That's the list, man. I mean, just wild stuff from your number two guy. What a season for. It's always sunny in Minnesota, isn't it?
1: It is always sunny in Minnesota. But sometimes there are some clouds, sure. and, th- and those are in the form of run support. Th- this is my Sonny Gray stat. The Twins scored an average of 3.7 runs per game when Sonny Gray started. Sonny Gray, you just said it, one of the best pitchers in baseball, and yet the Twins went 14-18 and 18 when, he- when he started. Stop. On top of that, he becomes the ninth pitcher in the last 35 years, Luke, to have 30 starts, an ERA under three, and less than 10 wins. Oh, come on. What are we doing? No, just nothing. Like, like, very on brand that the Twins' bats would disappear in Sonny Gray's final start against a uh, punchless <laughs> Oakland team.
0: Yeah, 17 runs the first two games. Sonny comes out. All right, I just need a couple guys. That's all I need from you. Yeah, I'm going to give up one, but no big deal, right? No. One run scored. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, so you got Sonny, obviously, unbelievable season. And then think about Pablo, though, too. He finished with this 366 ERA, 234 strikeouts. That was the most by a twin starting pitcher since Johan Santana, who had a 194? A, a Um, back in, I believe, 2003, way back then. Again, all signs pointing, though, either way, to Pablo taking the mound at Target Field again on October 3rd for game one of the playoffs. Twins. You got to feel good about this nice little one-two punch entering some October baseball here. I'll just say that. So Sonny with the quick stint today. Then they bring in Kenta Maeda, as mentioned. He goes three and a third, gives up the one solo shot. By the way, that was his first reliever appearance since 2019, back when he was with the Dodgers, of course. And then it was on to Louis Varland in the eighth. Um, I know you kind of already touched on it, but just as a whole now, like just in general, Do you like this long reliever situation with the guys they have combined with the bullpen options, just heading into the playoffs? Because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's just something we haven't seen a ton of now and you want to bust out this. I don't want to say new philosophy, but a little bit of a newer strategy, so to speak, just a week or two before the playoffs start. Like you totally okay with that? Like, is this just use them? If you got them situation, once you're in the playoffs that we see from every team, not just the twins.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have my reservations. I asked Brandon Warren the other night on this show and he kind of talked me off the ledge. And I think we got to give these guys credit for being major league pitchers that can pitch in different situations, right? They don't need to be coddled into being told, okay, this is exactly what your role is going to be all the time. These guys have to like how many pitchers come along and they, they begin as a starter and they get converted to the bullpen like Glenn Perkins. One of the great closers in twins history was a starter for a while. And he was a pretty good starter too. And the twins made him a reliever and he turned into a ninth inning guy. Like sometimes the evolution just plays out that way and you have to be okay with that. Now, of course the, every pitcher wants to be a starter because that's where the money is. But the reality is, is that a lot of guys get converted to those bullpen roles and it happens more than you think. Now let's talk about Kentamaeda. Maeda because you mentioned Luke he's uh, he's, A starting pitcher in the regular season, always. But with the Dodgers in the playoffs, they used him almost annually in the bullpen in the postseason. And he's got quite a bullpen track record in the playoffs. 22 bullpen appearances in the postseason, 27 innings pitched. So not long relief like a one-inning guy, one or two mm, innings mm-hmm. uh, per appearance, a one three three ERA loop Wow! in those okay. 22 appearances. So okay. th- there are priors that suggest Kentamaeda can be a very dangerous pitcher out of this bullpen in the postseason and not just in a mop-up role either, but maybe a high leverage situation late in games where he does give you a little bit of su- a-, a different look than you're seeing in most relievers might be a really effective strategy to use him.
0: Uh, really encouraging stats and facts there about Kenta Maeda. That should make fans feel a little bit better if they do indeed use his arm during the playoffs, which I'm sure they will at some point. Um, I do want to get in onto the latest Rice Lewis, Carlos Correa news, kind of their postseason plans. But first, a quick reminder. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Life throws plenty of curveballs at us, guys. That's why the Jace case is out there providing you with five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you that peace of mind. You got the access to... To the right medication on hand whenever you need it with the Jace case. Jace case is simple. They handle the evaluation process. They've got licensed pharmacy medication delivery to your doorstep, along with consultations and care when you need it. Save over three hundred and sixty dollars by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus. Save an additional twenty dollars when you use the code Locked On. That's one word. Locked On at checkout over at JaceMedical.com. J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the promo code locked on for the peace of mind when you need it. All right. So yesterday, apparently the twins held a little game simulation where Royce and Correa took some batting practice. I got the tweet from MLB.com's Doe Young Park yesterday afternoon. Twins hosted some simulated game action at target field earlier today. Royce Lewis, Carlos Correa, and Byron Buxton all participated among others. Royce Lewis homered because of course he did. It's Royce Lewis. Then he went on to talk about each guy and their potential roles come playoff time. Kind of went like this. Correa returns for the playoffs and perhaps even sooner. Now, just quick side note. It does sound like he's not going to travel with the team to Colorado. He's just going to stay put, keep re- mm-hmm. keep rehabbing here, excuse me, in Minnesota. So just quick little FYI on that situation. And then Royce Lewis, he can hit as of now, but isn't running around yet. That's obviously still huge, though. Even if he's just a DH-only kind of guy, at least you get that spark in the lineup. And then Buxton, I mean, that's the big wild card. Still working up day-to-day with the outfield still in play. So knowing all that, let's just quickly walk through each one of these guys kind of one-by-one, starting with Correa, because it sounds like, barring any setbacks, The dude's locked into the playoffs. I mean, give me like a a score 1 to 10 as far as like the impact he could have on the lineup come playoff time or just like how jacked up fans should be. Like how huge is this to hear Carlos Correa is about as close to an official green light in October as it gets now.
1: Yeah, I'm a 9 out of 10 that he plays. I think I'm more of a five out of 10 on his impact impact. Mm -hmm. And, and again, that's more the body of work. Like what he's done with the plantar fasciitis now for four months has not been overwhelmingly good. Um, But I've also seen enough to believe that he can give you a big swing or two. Uh, You might not get a 300 hitter out of him, but again, these games can swing on one big at bat and he could deliver that He has exhibited some great toughness this year, Luke. The way he's gutted through it, he's really played until this setback. He played almost every day uh, for the Twins and had their most at-bats this year. So give him credit for that. And he he hit 230. It's not great. But he gave you some big hits here in the second half of the season. So if he can just conjure up a couple of those in this series, I like the chances of him to to at least contribute, maybe not be consistent, but if he can give you that one big swing, that would be huge.
0: All right, let's move on to the big name then, Royce Lewis. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll only get him as a DH, but I mean, shoot, who's kidding who? Like, you'll take him, whatever you can get out of him. And if you're going to pick, all right, you either get him in the lineup or you get him out in the field. Give me the Royce Lewis juice factor at the plate all day, right? Like one to 10, how encouraged are you about Royce? Mm-hmm. Taking some BP and apparently hitting some bombs along the way yesterday too.
1: Yeah, if if they're telling me he can hit and swing fine without aggravating that hamstring, that's really good news. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'd rather have him in the lineup, even if it comes at the expense of Byron Buxton, because again, his his role might hinge on Royce Lewis. And and we still don't know if the team is comfortable with Byron in center field. Like I think Baldelli has said they're exploring it, but we, we just don't know for sure whether um, you know, whether he can do it number one. And whether the team wants him there. Like it's very hard to look at a, a core member of your team and say, hey, like, sorry, let's put you on ice and try again next year. Like it's hard to look Byron Buxton in the eye and tell him that. But after being on the shelf for so long and having struggled before that, it, it's just hard to believe that he's really gonna give you uh what you want out of him. So I I I think his role is super ambiguous. I think that Royce Lewis, I kind of I kind of bit off both of these here, Luke. I know you wanted to go one at a time, but I think that Lewis maybe being a DH that could affect how you might use Byron Buxton as well. Cause then he can't be the DH and then you've got him on the bench. And you know, is that the best place for him?
0: Isn't it crazy how far we've come? right? With the with Byron Buxton just as a Twins player. Do you remember when his war numbers at one point were like one of the best in baseball, top five player in baseball when it came to war numbers? Mm -hmm. And, you know, whenever he was out of the lineup, that was just such a huge blow to their chances every night. Now, and you kind of touched on it, but is it almost just like, okay, that's just gravy on top if you can get him back? Or, I mean, you kind of hinted at it, dare I even say, like, Don't mess with the good thing at this point. Twins are red hot, not only in the second half, but in September. And obviously he wasn't putting up all-star numbers or anything close to when he was playing in healthy. So, uh, yeah, I guess what is your final gut say about Buxton's potential return to the lineup and maybe even center field? I know you touched on it.
1: Well, no, I I will say this. So there's a lot of talk about reserving a roster spot for Andrew Stevenson.
0: Mm, Stevenson
1: would largely be a pinch runner. Like, that's kind of what his role would be in the playoffs. He'd come off the bench. He would try to get a stolen base, try to get from second to home on a single, that kind of thing. Would you rather have that or have the potential of Byron Buxton being the vintage Byron Buxton? Like, it might be worth that gamble to make Buxton the 26th guy on the roster if you think he's healthy enough in lieu of a healthy Andrew Stevenson who probably has a lower ceiling. Like Buxton, at the, we, we know what he can do at the plate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We know what he can do in the field. We know what he can do on the base pads if they think he's healthy enough. So if we're talking about the last guy on the roster, Buxton, Stevenson, you might lean Buxton. And also, Luke, we talked about this last night, too. In this three-game series, you might be going lighter on the pitching staff because it is only three games. So you might have some wiggle room to play with with these position players and have a bigger bench than usual. So that's the case for Byron Buxton in the
0: playoffs. Uh, That's a really good point about that extra bench spot as well. And, And hasn't Michael Taylor been kind of rock solid defensively out in center field Mm -hmm. all year long anyways, right? So, like, what am I truly gaining? Besides the name brand value, obviously, Byron Buxton at this point. Again, when he's on, we know how special he is. But I don't know, man. Yeah, a lot of tough and huge important decisions coming up for Rocco Baldelli and his staff to make in just a few days' time here that I know the fans can't wait to just put under the microscope and dissect for good or bad. Um, All right, let's end with a fun one because I want to ask you which Twins players stock has moved up the most over the last month. A lot of guys to choose from. But before we do that, quick reminder, this episode is also brought to you by DoorDash. And we've all been there, Sam. Dinner's long gone. The fridge, uh, it's looking empty, it's looking bare, but you still got the itch for that fourth meal, right? Well, that's the perfect time to open up the DoorDash app with all your favorite restaurants and grocery stores at your fingertips. You name it, they got it, and it's delivered Right to your doorstep. No questions asked. It's easy to use. It's as convenient as it gets. And now, DoorDash, they're offering free delivery on all your orders with the Dash Pass membership. What I love the most, specifically me, without a doubt, is how in depth and how detailed you can get with some of your orders. I mentioned it yesterday, Sam, but you know me, I don't just want. Oreos, I want the double stuffed Oreos, okay? DoorDash offers you the peace of mind and ability to customize your order any and every time to your liking to get exactly what you're craving. For a limited time, you're getting 50% off with your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use the code LOCKED. At checkout, that's 50% off up to $20 with no minimum subtotal plus no delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED. One more time, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash terms and conditions apply. All right, last quick one. Name the Twins player whose stock is pointing up the most just heading into the playoffs, heading into October baseball. And I'm going to say... Just after our conversation last night, you can't say Max Kepler because he's, he's too easy. Four for four oh, last okay, night. The okay. guy's just an all absolute. Right. Uh, he's a, in fuego, man. He's on fire. But which of these guys, the last two, three, four weeks specifically, has taken their game to kind of a new level, to new heights, and kind of taken over that you feel the best about heading into the playoffs that can give you maybe a little edge? Because it feels like there's, there's a few guys to choose from all of a sudden, doesn't it? Whose stock is pointing up the most right now? Who you got?
1: Yeah, well, let me – th- you're right. There are a few to choose from. I'm going to look at Matt Walner. Yeah. So let's look at how the season started for him. Little stint in April, went 0 for 8, got sent down. Came back, went 7 for 11, got sent down. Then he finally got some sustained playing time. So in the month of July, it wasn't, wasn't amazing. Hit 209. Month of August, had some big hits, but wasn't amazing. Hit 208. Month of September, Matt Wallner hitting two eighty one. Like he's he's taken wow. a huge jump this month in terms of consistency. And there was a there was a time there, Luke, where you know you were you kind of thought of him as Joey Gallo a little bit. Like he's striking out all the time, kind of boomer you know, the, bust. Boomer yeah. bust. Uh big swings, big home runs, a lot of strikeouts. That seems to have alleviated a lot in the last few weeks. He's Ripping doubles, had another big one today. Really strong swings, line drives, not, you know, missing the ball as much. So while he might be strikeout prone, you can still count on him to hit for average, which I think is still an important trait in this game. Uh, 281, that's a pretty solid month going into the playoffs. So I like Walner, and, and that tells you that he might be able to be trusted day in and day out. He's not a platoon player that can only face right-handed pitching.
0: No. Well said. I had Walner as well at one. He's been in Fuego for sure. And then, Number two, I'm leaning Ed Julian. He leads the team with 61 walks in 105 games, but it's not just the walks. It's not just the patience, right? He seemed to found this little perfect balance, this perfect mix of, yes, I'm staying patient, but being aggressive, swinging the bat when needed as well. He's been just a huge surprise to go along with. Doesn't it feel like they just have this new, young, fun core and nucleus the Twins have now, hopefully for the you know next five, six, seven years, the foreseeable future. Um, the Athletic, by the way, I don't know if you saw it, they got a new article up about every team's most improved player. Do you want to take a guess who they had for the Minnesota Twins? It wasn't either of the two guys we just mentioned?
1: Okay, and it wasn't Kepler either. It wasn't I Kepler assume either. Yeah, it was it a little bit Kepler. of a
0: surprise. If you could tell by my voice here, how high I'm getting. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, going up and up. Yeah. All right, Je- uh, Jeffers,
1: it Ryan Jeffers.
0: Well done, yeah. well done. Eight forty-one OPS in ninety-two mm-hmm. games. Six-foot-four frame. Always shown some pop, but all of a sudden hitting well both first righties and lefties, but Big time damage, they said, against some left-handed pitches. Not that was interesting, but. It- Again, just goes to show it's not just all these rookies and young guys. There's, there's up and down the lineup right now. Twins just playing their best baseball. All right, man. Good stuff as always. Twins lose game three, but still take the series versus the A's. Two games to one. They finish their final three games in Colorado. That starts tomorrow. First pitch, seven ten p.m. Central Standard Time. Joe Ryan on the mound. That's going to be his last start of the regular season. Uh, so glad you guys could join us on today's postcast. Another reminder. We're going to be here every single game from here on out, including the postseason. We're going to get our guy Brandon Warren to help break us down. All the action. Can't wait for that. And here's your reminder. Go check out Brandon Warren every day on the Lockdown Twins podcast. He's pumping out everything you need to know as far as the Twins trying to stay hot and get healthy, too, heading into the postseason. That's going to do it for us. Follow us on X, at Luke underscore Spinman and at Sam Ekstrom. Follow all our work over at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Networks. Twins fall to the A's today, 2-1. to one. Three games to play on to Colorado we go tomorrow. But until next time, that's Sam Ekstrom. I'm Luke Inman. Signing out.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free
0: on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.